We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to the Road to Wire DFS podcast for Wednesday, June the 8th. I'm your host, James Seltzer, here with my co-host, and I'm very excited to get to talk to him because I, I follow him on Twitter, I follow his work, but this is our first time chatting. Mr. Jake Latarski is my co-host today. Jake, what's going on, brother? Oh, not a whole lot. Just early morning in Madison, Wisconsin here. Uh, starting to take a look at that early slate. Happy to join you, get a chance to... Uh, do a show together for really the first time ever. Yeah, I'm pumped, man. Especially, uh, as he said, Jake is in the mothership in Madison, Wisconsin, the home of Rotowire. So very exciting stuff there. And uh, Jake, looking forward to talk to you as well. We got a full slate of games today, so I'll run them down real quick and then we'll just dive right in. We have four day games today and 11 night games in that main slate. Uh, it starts off at a 105 start in Philadelphia as People who've listened to me now know that that's where I am. I'm in Philly. So uh, the Cubs heading into town to take on the Phillies. we got John Lackey against Vince Velasquez. A couple of righties taking battle there. Then we have another 110 start in Detroit as uh, Toronto and R.A. Dickey heading into town to take on Jordan Zimmerman and the Tigers. Uh, jump ahead to 340. We have two 340 starts. The Braves in San Diego taking on the Padres. Julio Tehran against Drew Pomerantz. And then the other 340 start in Arizona. A little interleague matchup as... The Rays heading to town with Jake Odorizzi to take on Archie Bradley, who's uh, finally showing something uh, with the Diamondbacks there. Then we start the main slate at 7.05 in New York as the Los Angeles Angels head to town to take on the Yankees. Righty Jared Weaver taking on righty Nathan Ivaldi. A couple more 7.05s for you. 7.05 in Baltimore as Edison Volquez and the Royals take on Chris Tillman and the Orioles. One more 7.05 in Pittsburgh as 
Noah Syndergaard and the Mets take on Jamison Tyon and the Pirates looking forward to talking about his Major League debut, uh, or at least Major League first start, I believe. Uh, and then we go to a 7-10 start in Cincinnati as the Cardinals head to town. Jaime Garcia, the lefty, taking on the righty, Alfredo Simon. And then 8-05 start in Texas as uh, the Battle of Texas continues with the Astros in town. Doug Fister taking on you, Darvish. Exciting to see you back in action. Uh, then in Chicago, another interleague matchup here as we've got the White Sox hosting the Nationals. Uh, Max Scherzer taking on the newly acquired James Shields, making his first start for the White Sox. A-10 start in Milwaukee as Oakland heads to town. Jesse Hahn coming off getting beaten his last outing, taking on Chase Anderson. A couple of righties going there. Last eight, 10 start in Minnesota as Miami heads into town. Way in Chen, the lefty against Ricky Nolasco, the righty. Then we round out the night with three 10 o'clock starts at 10-10 in Seattle. Carlos Carrasco and the Indians taking on Taiwan Walker. Uh, then we have the Dodgers hosting the Rockies also at 10-10. Lefty Chris Rossin against Kenta Maeda, and then our last one of the night, a really nice pitching matchup in this one is uh, David Price and the Red Sox heading for a little interleague action in San Fran against Madison Bumgartner and the Giants. Jake, a lot to get to. we got a lot of good pitchers going today, so uh, a lot of options to see who to avoid and who to play. Why don't we just start it right off at that 105 start here in Philadelphia as the Cubs head to town with Lackey against Velasquez. Uh, what are you leaning towards in this one, Jake? You know, I could I could see someone wanting to maybe make a case for uh, for Lackey. Uh, I mean, except at ten thousand, I'm not entirely sure if I, I want to pay up for that one. I mean, the Phillies offensively, I'm sure you know this from the, from the Philly area. Uh, <laughs> you know, have have had their fair share of struggles offensively. So, uh, you know, second worst weighted on base percentage in the league. That's one of my favorite metrics used to measure offensive output. So I'm probably uh, staying away from the pitching in this game. Um, I could see, you know, maybe having a chance on Velasquez, on Velasquez normally, but with the Cubs being the best team in baseball and minus 176 favorites, I think, you know, maybe I'll get a little piece of, of the hitters here. But uh, as far as pitching goes, I'm going to probably look towards other matchups this morning. Yeah, I think at 8,500 for Velasquez, there's some upside there with the K rate, obviously. And, um, you know, and the Cubs have not been quite as dynamic offensively over the last couple of weeks as they were prior. But still, I agree, all things being equal, it's usually wise to avoid throwing a pitcher against the Cubs, maybe as a, a contrarian play. But, you know, if you're usually if you're going to play the, the day slate as opposed to the all day, well, you know, when you play the all day, there's just so much risk involved with, with players sitting out, not seeing the lineups at night. So I, I think of those early four games, it, maybe you take a shot on Velasquez, but but I see what you're saying. It's probably a little bit riskier. All right, um, let's uh, Jake, let's move on to the 110 start in Detroit uh, as we've got Jordan Zimmerman, who's been hit or miss. He started the season extremely well, but still not striking out many guys. But back from a groin issue that he had, taking on R.A. Dickey, who, you know, in the Blue Jays, R.A. Dickey could go either way any day of the week. Uh, what do you think about this? When you can have some Tigers hitters in your lineup here, Jake? Yeah, I'll probably throw in a couple Tigers hitters for sure, just uh, kind of looking at some of the batter versus uh, pitcher splits. Nothing too huge out there, but you got last night's uh, walk-off hero. I think it was Ian Kinsler, uh, highest-priced second baseman at 3,800, so you know, might have to make some adjustments in your lineup. But, you know, he's got a career OPS of 1371 against Dickey. I mean, only 19 at-bats, so not a ton to work off of. But, uh, but yeah, I typically like to target Dickey because if the knuckleball is not quite on, 
uh, then there's uh, there's always blow up potential there. So something to take a look at. Uh, but the thing is, is you're gonna have to pay up for a lot of these uh, Tigers hitters. I mean, Vmart is the top priced catcher on the board in the four game morning slate. Uh, Miguel Cabrera, possibly 3,700. I mean, he's he's uh, the fourth highest priced. He's behind Rizzo, Goldschmidt, Encarnacion, and then you have Cabrera. So it's a pretty stacked morning slate of of, uh, of first baseman here. So, yeah, there's a lot to like uh, on both sides here, especially the over-under here, checking in at nine. That is the highest out of all four games on the morning slate. So you're going to want to make sure you get some sort of piece of that action. Yeah, that's a great point, Jake. And, and uh, Benny Ricciardi, who's usually my co-host, likes to, to mention the lines as well. And just for, for newcomers to the podcast or whatever, that is a, a nice tool that a lot of people don't always think about to go check the Vegas lines and see where they think the offense will be. Look, not always right, but those guys are pretty good at what they do. So, um, you, Exactly, yeah. And look, when you're doing this kind of stuff and it's daily and it's there's so much, you know, you're, you're talking about 162-game season, you're trying to boil each day down to one day of stats, you know, any advantage you can get makes a difference. Uh, all right, let's uh, jump ahead here. And also there, uh, uh, Jordan Zimmerman has looked better. I don't think I'm going to want to, um, you know, I don't know if I trust Zimmerman going up against the Toronto offense, which hasn't been great, but for 9,400, I just, I'd rather do Velasquez at 8,500, even though there's a little bit of risk with that Cubs lineup is what I'm saying. Yeah, I hear you there. I agree with Zimmerman. I mean, uh, you know, kind of just getting back dealing with that, uh, that injury off and on a little bit. I mean, uh, was, was an out short of a quality start against the White Sox, who at least to start the year were pretty solid offensively. But, uh, I mean, the Blue Jays are tough on anyone. I know they're not quite as tough on righties as they are on lefties. But, uh, but in general, that's, that, that's an offensive team that you want to try to avoid on most slates. Yeah, especially considering the price. It just seems like there's not enough of a, a value built in there. And the fact that Zimmerman there, you don't really have a lot of strikeout upside with him, which, you know, really, you know, if you can get that in Fandle, you're always going to pay a little extra to get that strikeout upside. All right, uh, Jake, let's move on to the 340 starts. We've got two of them today as we head to San Diego here as we've got a couple of pitchers who've looked really good uh, for the most part this season and Julio Tehran and Drew Pomerantz. Are, are you going to try and uh, throw one of these two guys out there, especially considering the, the terrible lineups they're each facing? Yeah, I'm absolutely targeting this game for pitching. I can understand wanting to save a little bit of money and going and with with Tehran, who's been uh, pretty solid this season. But I really do like Drew Pomeranz, and he's probably going to be my pitcher. I think he brings the most safety. So if you're doing cash games in uh, in the early slate today, I think that's probably one of the safest bets that uh, you can do. And, you know, kind of back to Vegas there, you've got uh, you've got uh, Padres minus 155 favorites with an over under of six and a half in this game. So by the lowest by a full run from what I'm seeing right now. So you, I think if you're going to pick a pitcher on the morning slate, there's a uh, there's a lot of benefit to potentially going with one uh, in this matchup. Uh, as far as hitters in this one, uh, it's really one that I, that I'll probably be uh, looking to fade just because of the, of the pitching matchup and what they've been able to do. But I can see maybe going to a guy like Norris or Will Myers just because on four games you're going to have at least some degree of exposure here to, yeah. to everyone. Yeah, I feel the same way. I think your call with Pomerantz is great. I mean, the, the Padres are 25 and 35, and they have nine more wins than the Braves. That's how bad the Braves have been. And, and as we know, it's really that offense is just 
unbelievably atrocious. So I think when you get someone who's throwing as good as Pomerantz going up against that terrible an offense, and especially, you know, he's he's expensive, but he's not, you know, the highest-priced pitcher on the board. He's less than Lackey, and I'd much rather have him than Lackey in that spot, for example. Um, but again, like you said, for, for value-wise, you know, Toronto at 8,200 is not a bad deal either, considering, I mean, he hasn't given up more than three runs since April 20th, you know, and he's mostly been two one zeros. He's had a couple three run outings. He's just been better and has looked good. And obviously there was always that talent there. So some upside there as well. Uh, Jake, let's jump on the last 340 start last of the day slate here in Arizona as Tampa Bay and Jake Odorizzi head in to take on Archie Bradley, who's been a, a top prospect for a while. And, and now we seem like we're finally seeing that uh, he's looked great. Yeah, finally uh, starting to come around a little bit. And we mentioned kind of to kick off the show about how the Cubs were one of the teams to avoid, period. And But in Archie Bradley's last start, he pretty much shut the Cubs down. Ten strikeouts uh, over six six innings here. Just one earned run, just four hits, three walks. You know, you, you don't necessarily like to see that. And he actually took uh, the loss in that outing because he couldn't get any run support from his team. That should be a little bit different here Wednesday afternoon, I guess you could say, is uh, I, I mean, this game's going to be, I think, relatively low scoring as well. So you maybe want to target pitchers, but I look to Archie Bradley for uh, possibly uh, my GPPs just because at 6,600, he gives you a lot of room to do a lot of things with the rest of your lineup. I totally agree. He's one of my favorite plays. Uh, if I'm playing the day slate alone, I, I he's going to be all over. Um, and like you said, really tournaments, I think he. There's so much upside at that price, and you can really stack that lineup around him. I, I really like that call there. Uh, all right, Jake, before we move on, let me remind everyone that MLB season is here, and that means that Daily Fantasy Baseball is back. Go to FanDuel.com. Building a team is easy. Just pick your players, stay under the salary cap, and sit back tonight and watch your team win. Entry fees start at just $1, so anyone can play. It's it's the best because you don't have to worry about injuries. You don't have to worry about someone's stats accruing or this or that. All you have to do is pick a day, pick your guys, and win. It's so simple. And there are over 1 million other users you can join who've already won money. It's never too late to join. Come play with me and Jake every day over at FanDuel.com. Just go to FanDuel.com and click the microphone in the upper right-hand corner and use my code RWPOD to sign up now. That's RWPOD. We have a special offer for new users. Get a free six-month RotoWire subscription with a $25 deposit, but you must use my code RWPOD. That's $60 in value for just $25. So again, don't forget to use my code RWPOD at FanDuel.com, where every day is a new season. That's FanDuel, F-A-N-D-U-E-L.com. Sign up today. All right, Jake, let's bust into this main slate. We've got 11 games here starting at 7.05. Three 7.05 starts Let's start in New York with the Yankees as Jared Weaver and the Angels heading to town to take on the uh, looking better Nathan Eovaldi. What do you think about this one, Jake? Yeah, Eovaldi's been solid of late, and I certainly like his win probability in this game. Uh, Of course, the Yankees minus 170 home favorites here. But one of my recurring themes in daily is uh, I've just been picking on Jared Weaver this year. And, I mean, it's landed mixed results. But, uh, you know, at this stage in his career, his velocity has just been down so much. And he, he was respectable, had a quality start against the Pirates his last time out. But uh, I'm going to kind of target some of those Yankees left-handers uh, at home in this matchup. So whether that means uh, going to a player such as... Uh, I, um, 
I, I don't know, McCann. Uh, Brett Gardner is an option, of course. Uh, you know, I look at uh, Jacoby Ellsbury, who had the day off on Tuesday. And uh, not a lefty, but A-Rod has five career home runs in less than 30 at-bats against Jared Weaver. So I think uh, you're going to want to get some exposure to this game, and I'm going to do it with those Yankees bats. Yeah, that's a great point. I'm not a huge BV- BVP guy, but when you've got five homers in less than 30 at-bats, it's like, all right, he's got a beat on this guy, you know? And, I just uh, glance at the page, basically, and then, and then you see the numbers that stand out. There's always one yep. or two on the whole that's thing. That's absolutely right, yeah. When you see a guy who's like, you know, 20 for 40 against guy, you're like, okay, there's something real there. You know, and and again, it isn't. It might not even be quantifiable, but it's just something where they get that pitcher, and, and you know, you can't put it in the stats, but they just know what that guy's going to do, or they know the way he pitches, or they feel comfortable against him, whatever it is. So I, I really like those calls. Jared Weaver, man, I... I was watching him pitch the other night on the package, and his last start. I mean, he's he's throwing curveballs in there like sixty miles an hour. It's 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 just it's it's something to watch, man. Uh, all right, let's move on. Seven five start in Baltimore. We stick with the NL East home team here as uh, Kansas City heads into town. Edinson Volquez taking on Chris Tillman. Both pitchers who've uh, for the most part, I would say, been better than expected this year. What are you uh, where are you leaning in this one, Jake? You know, I'm gonna. Of course, look towards uh, hitters in the Camden Yards here. Be just a, a nice hitter-friendly ballpark. Uh, Mark Trumbo been absolutely on fire lately. You're going to have to pay up for him, so it's tough to really call him a, a value per se at 4100. But I mean, 38 fantasy points last night, 21 the night before. Uh, you know, you go back to that series with the uh, Yankees. He had two 18-point games. I think there's a pretty good chance he might be able to hit value here. Um, other than that, I mean, if you're looking for some lineup fillers, there's always uh, I mean, I mean, there's always some of the, the the cheaper Baltimore options here. So, like, Hyunsoo Kim, he's been getting better. He's been batting second in the order lately and at a price that, uh, let me just double check on that, but uh, it's been under 3000 for for a little while here. So, um, yeah, he only checks in at 2600 Of course, you're going to want to wait and check those lineups. The Rotowire Daily lineups page is a perfect way to do that. But if you get him... You know, second in the order against Volquez, I think he can be a perfect spot to help you fill out some of the rest of uh, the rest of your lineup uh, for the evening slate. Yeah, I love that call with Kim. He's been like they basically just sat him against left-handed pitching, but he's been awesome against right. He's got a three eighty-nine average against them, a high woba. So I, I really like that play as well there with the Kim as a cheaper option. But like you said, I don't think you can go too wrong getting a bunch of Orioles in your lineup, period. Trumbo, how about that? The first player in Major League Baseball to get to 20 home runs this year. All right, moving forward here, we head to the last 705 start in Pittsburgh as we've got a doozy here. We got the Mets in town with Noah Syndergaard. We all know how good that guy is. But how about Jamison Tyon making the MLB debut? I believe it's his MLB debut, certainly his first major league start. Um, what do you think about the kid and then this matchup in general, Jake? Anytime Syndergaard's on the mound, you have to consider him. Uh, 10,600 isn't too out of this world. It's not, it's not Kershaw prices. Uh, but there, you know, there might be a couple pitchers that, uh, I, I may maybe like a little bit more on the slate than Syndergaard to maybe, to maybe save you some money. Tyon is very intriguing to me. I mean, uh, just, he, he's another big prospect. He essentially passed up Tyler Glass now in the Pittsburgh farm system for the player getting that next call there. So uh, there's there's just a whole lot to like with him. He's 4-2, and two, a 2.04 ERA, and a .81 whip. Opponents are hitting less than 200 um, in, in the Maya for, for AAA this year. And then uh, the strikeout potential is huge. 61-6 to six is the yeah. strikeout-to-walk ratio over a little more than 60 innings this year. So it's very tough trying to 
see what you're going to get out of a guy in his MLB debut. But I can absolutely see rolling the dice on him today. And um, there's just uh, there's a lot of upside there in this Mets lineup. I mean, I, I know they did get Cespedes back there, but uh, but I mean, of course, the corner infield issues and everything that they have going on, all of the injuries, uh, you have to consider Tyon if, if he's an option. Yeah, I can't find him on the pricing, so I don't know if they're going to update it for the night state or night. You might not even be able to get Tyon. But Ooh, that's a good point. That is but, a great point because yeah. I'm looking at it too, and yeah, yeah I'm not I, I was it. looking. I can't. He's not on there for now, so they might update it for the night slate. But you know, sometimes it'll just slide under when a guy gets called up the day before, and they just don't get him in the system for whatever reason. So um, even if you can't get him, though, I think you made a good point about. Uh, I think I'd avoid the Mets tonight. I, you know, they're obviously the lineup is better against left-handed pitching. Um, so, and even then I just, you know, I don't know. I, I feel like the kid's going to, when you've got a 61 to six in, in the minors like that, I mean, that's, you know, it's not Clayton Kershaw, but it's good. So I, I think it's a, I think there's better hitting options out there, but on the flip side, like you mentioned, um, I think 10,600 for Syndergaard is a, is a totally fine price. And I'd pay that every single week for the guy, especially in cash games, obviously, but just that consistency you're going to get and just knowing, all right, I'm going to get like nine, 10 strikeouts, seven, eight innings and a decent chance at a win every single time out there. Um, I, I think for the price, that's a pretty good value. All right, Jake, let's move on. We got a seven, 10 in Cincinnati uh, as the pitching matchup slightly less good here as uh, Jaime Garcia takes on uh, not good at pitching Alfredo Simon. What are you thinking about this when you getting some bats here? Yeah, you absolutely got to find your way into some bats. Uh, one way or another here, um, you know, even even Jaime Garcia could potentially be in play just because of the big win probability. Mm-hmm. Sure. I like him. I mean, Cardinals are minus one seventy road favorites, so that really says a lot. I mean, I think this is just a pitching matchup uh, going up against uh, Alfredo Simon, who, uh, despite having one of my favorite nicknames in all of baseball, Big Pasta, has just not <laughs> quite had it this year. Uh, so you, you absolutely want to get your your share of hitters here. Check those lineups. I think you can never really go wrong. With, uh, with a player like uh, Matt Carpenter, perhaps. You do have to pay up a little bit for him at 4000 But uh, But, yeah, really, any of those Cardinals lefties uh, should be able to get you uh, a relatively high floor here against Simon, who has just struggled. And the best part about facing the Reds from a daily perspective is just that once you get past that starter, you've got by far the worst bullpen in the majors to go up against. So, of course, uh, you're going to want to try to get your share of some Cardinals because at 9.5, I'm looking, that is... The highest over-under on the evening slate. There are no games in Colorado tonight, so uh, definitely want to get yourself a piece. Jake, great, great point about the Reds' bullpen because Alfredo Simon, a.k.a. Big Pasta, sucks. But the bullpen is that much worse. It's a great point no matter who's starting for the Reds. Once they get out of there, you always have the chance for points in in DFS. So um, great, great point. Uh, I will argue with the big pasta. My favorite nickname in in baseball right now is a brand new one that we've got in Philly for Tyler Goodell, the commish. You can't beat that. I love it. I'm all in on the commish. Oh, man. Yeah, you know what? I didn't even think of that. that, That's (laughs) funny after uh, the whole NFL uh, Twitter account being hacked the other day. Yeah, but it's funny because I work in Philadelphia Sports Radio, and like you hosts all the time go like, Roger Tyler, good. You know they will mess it up. So all of a sudden, people just started calling him the commission. I think it's gonna stick, if he sticks. <laughs> but um, it's a good one. All right, from nicknames to Texas, uh, that might be uh, the best non sequitur I can offer here. All right, we go to Texas for an eight oh five start 
as Doug Fister and the Astros head in to take on Hugh Darvish and the Rangers after Ken Giles decides to go out and tell the Rangers they stink, basically. A lot of hatred here. What about for uh, DFS purposes? What do you think of this one, Jake? Um, you, you're going to have to be a little bit gutsy to do this, but I can very much see going uh, to you, Darvish. He's won his first two starts since coming back this year, so that's, of course, good to see. Um, hasn't gotten past uh, six innings, though, so that's a little bit concerning. But you look at his trajectory, he's going up and up a little bit. 81 pitches his first time out, 88 his second time out. So, of course, there's always the, uh, the, the risk that he won't go very deep into the game, but five or seven strikeouts in the first time out, five in the next. And, uh, I, I mean, th- this Astros team, they're they're pretty solid offensively across the board here, but when it comes to just overall strikeout rate, uh, they're second to only the Brewers by just a hair in uh, in all of baseball this year. That that team strikes out at a twenty five point two percent clip, and you get a you get a tough uh, righty righty like you Darvish here might uh, might give him a little bit of troubles. Now his upside's not going to be as high as it might be a month from now, but. Also, a month from now, there's not a very good chance that you're going to see him under 10,000, and he checks in at 9,600 today. So I could very much see going to him, uh, especially in those tournaments. Great call. I think you could see in a month from now him be over 11,000 pretty, pretty consistently. You know, I mean, he's that kind of guy with that kind of strikeout upside. And like you said, that 25.2% K right, just like a hair a hair below the Brewers. They might have even struck out more times than the Brewers, I believe, just uh, a slightly lower K rate, but also when you look at the K, I mean it's hot. Like they're they're them the Rays and the Mets, like the top four and the Padres, really the top five are a solid top five. Like those teams strike out significantly more than anyone else. Um, so certainly worth throwing any pitcher against the Astros who has that kind of strikeout upside like Darvish does. Yeah, right. absolutely. I could even see a couple bats in this game for Texas. Uh, I, I I can continue oh, yeah, to go Fister, back to the right? Nomar Mazzara trade. Or trained, and uh, even though he's up above three thousand, finally, you know that's always a question. And then, of course, fantasy owners always, when looking at the Rangers, they got to make the tough choice between Odor and Profar here, who both sit in ide- at an identical thirty-one hundred. So that's tough today when the price is the same. Maybe I go with the leadoff guy with Profar. Yeah, I, I think I would go Profar as well. He's been a little hotter, and you know, Odorson, you know, was off obviously, but um, I like what I've seen from Profar. I like that he's leading off. Um, and he's playing first base, which is interesting. And also, like, I just like the way that, uh, you know, you got to feel good about Provar, especially if you're in a season long, I suppose, uh, uh, with how they're just finding ways to get him in the lineup now that Odor is back. All right, let's move on. We've got an 8-10 start in Chicago as Max Scherzer and the Nats heading to town to take on new White Sox James Shields. Shields with a new uniform yet again. What do you think about this one? Are you going to take some nationals against uh Against Shields in the cell, I'm guessing Shields, uh, not guessing, I know Shields' repertoire does not profile that great in the cell. Yeah, absolutely. That was one of the things that concerned me a lot when seeing that trade. Fortunately, I didn't have any season-long shares of a guy like Shields this year. I got a little bit lucky uh, on that one because he's just very home run prone and that's really the book on on shields so far this season i mean the thing that stands out is is in addition to the bartolo cologne home run is just like all these things and almost a 15 percent home run to fly ball ratio and that's been a you know with a lot of those starts at patco this year so yeah i can see there being uh, a handful of nationals players 
in play here. And uh, in addition to Max Scherzer, you can never really uh, ignore Scherzer here. Uh, 11,200 is a little bit pricey when he's up against a tougher lineup on the road, but he always brings you that 10-12 uh, strikeout upside and could be very helpful in cash games. But if you can afford it, if you can swing it, Daniel Murphy, Bryce Harper, all good plays for the Nats tonight. Yeah, Harper at 4000 now, obviously, um, has, has not been as hot as he was earlier, and thus the price has gone down a bit. So I always think that's a nice option to to take advantage of those types of things, especially against Shields. And again, I uh, Shields just looks like a disaster waiting to happen, especially going from San Diego, where we all thought it would work in that huge park, um, and now going to one of the tinier ones. So could get ugly, Jake. All right, let's move on to uh, uh, the team that's closest to you out in Wisconsin, or at least one of the closest, as we go to Milwaukee now, uh, as the Oakland A's heading to town. Jesse Hahn coming off getting slaughtered in his last outing. I think he gave up seven runs in two-thirds of an inning, something along those lines. Uh, Take it on Chase Anderson, who's been you know, good and bad. <laughs> what do you think about this one? Yeah, I mean, I think this is a game where you I wouldn't really touch the pitchers all that much in this one, even though the Brewers, as we mentioned, do strike out quite a bit. I don't quite have enough faith in Han to use him in cash games or GPPs. I mean, maybe Anderson, but he's so risky, and the Brewers' only slight favorites. Over under nine on this game, I want to find some type of way to get a piece of the hitters. I think uh, if you have the funds for it, you could go to Jonathan VR, who's just been having an amazing uh, year so far, really coming through for a lot of season-long owner, owners here, and really any, any Brewer left-hander that you, you could get in the mix. If you're looking for value at second base, you could go with a guy like Scooter Jeanette, if, especially if he's uh, batting second in the order as he, as he has been off and on here. Uh, or even on the other side, Jed Lowry is not a bad bad deal there. So there, there's a decent amount. I think you want to find yourself into a bit of the offense in this game uh, one way or another. And some of the middle infielders uh, are, are are my preferred ways to do it. And then, of course, uh, Stephen Vogt always in play at 3,200. I mean, I had both Vogt and uh, VR in lineups last night, and I think they got me about a combined three points. So I think they're <laughs> due for a bounce back, at least in that mentality. You know, if you do it every day, you're eventually going to hit, right? There you go. The gambler's fallacy. I love it. Um, but, yes, <laughs> I, I actually am with you 100% on this. I want nothing to do with the pitchers, but I think there are some decent bat values in here. Even a guy like paying up for Braun, who's been – Really good, but also it seems to not get uh, as high a DFS ownership as a lot of the guys in his price range. So maybe he's a nice contrarian play against Han, who's who obviously coming off a real rough outing. Um, uh, yeah, I agree with your points. And, and VR, how about that guy? I mean, he has to be top two or three biggest uh, you know, fantasy bust-outs for season-long leagues this year. So that's a... Uh, it's exciting if you own him. Sadly, I do not. All right, let's move on to 810. Uh, last 810 started in Minnesota as we've got Wei Yin Chen, the lefty, and his Marlins heading in to take on Ricky Nolasco and the Twins. What do you think about this one, Jake? This is another one that, uh, you know, it's very similar to the uh, analysis we just shelled out for the Brewer game here. I mean, the uh, the line's essentially even, so it's very difficult to try to pick a pitcher in this one. Uh, and, and the over-under is nine, so you probably want to look towards uh, – uh, hitters really uh, on either side. You know, I'd probably avoid the Twins uh, lefties with that lefty-lefty matchup against Chen. But uh, I mean, a- anyone else is is in play here. It's it's tough for specifics. Maybe uh, you know, maybe get some of those uh, Marlins against Nolasco, uh the left-handers especially. I guess you could say so. Um, yeah, I- I'd lean towards mostly the hitters in this game. Uh, another one where you're going to fade pitching. 
Yeah, I agree. I like Yelich at 3600 I like Dietrich at 2900 There are a few of those lefties in there whose prices are are where they should be for the guys. Not You know, you can get some values there, especially in that matchup. Uh, like you mentioned, Nolasco, obviously, you could take advantage of him, especially lefties. All right, we've got three 10 p.m. or later games here. So we've got a 10-10 start. We round these three out. Uh, in Seattle, is Carlos Carrasco making his second start back from the DL Taking on Taiwan Walker. Uh, what do you think about this one? Wanna could could go either way with the pitchers. It's good good starters, but also guys who have shown that they can uh, blow up at uh, pretty much any point. Yeah, normally I like to look for Taiwan Walker in GPPs because he does bring. Uh... A decent amount of strikeout upside. He does have uh, 9 and 11 strikeout performances on the season, but Walker just 10 fantasy points combined in his last two games. So even at 8,000, I'm probably staying away from him. Leaning more towards Carrasco, but I'm not necessarily sure he's my top option. Uh, Just 12 fantasy points in his last game, 14 in the game before that. So uh, with four strikeouts combined there. So if he's not getting the strikeouts, I'm not quite sure uh, you're ready to pay up uh, in the 9,500 range for him. So, you know, maybe you go ahead and look at uh, some hitters. I was on I was on Cano and Seager quite a bit yesterday, but I probably won't be on him as much today just because of the matchup here. It's a little bit a little bit risky here. I mean, you've got an over under of seven and a half. One of the uh, one of the lowest outside of the matchup with the Aces, the Price Bumgarner matchup later this evening. Uh, that that is one of the lowest on the evening slate here. So. It's very tough to pick a pitcher. Cleveland minus 115 road favorites in this one. This is a game that when it's a full slate of games, I'm probably staying away from the majority of this one unless I maybe need some salary filler uh, as, I'm, as I'm rounding out the lineups. Yeah, I agree. Normally I would, I would like Carrasco in this spot, but uh, you know, just came off the DL, had that groin injury, was out for a month. And uh, only pitched the five innings, three earned, only had the two strikeouts. I think he's going to ratchet it back up, but only allowed to throw 78 pitches in that outing. I'm just worried that they're building him back up a bit. And and obviously with so, well, full slate and so many good arms on the board, I, I, I'd rather get someone who I think has the potential to pitch seven, eight, nine innings. Whereas with Carrasco, I really just don't see him going more than five or six until he really gets back up to full speed. So I think there's good analysis there. All right, we've got two games left on the slate here, Jake. One great pitching matchup, one less great. Let's start with the less great. As Colorado heads into Los Angeles, Chris Russin, the lefty, could take advantage of him, going up against Kenta Maeda in Los Angeles. The uh, the Japanese import has obviously been uh, uh, hit or miss, uh, no pun intended. Yeah, I think you need to uh, consider Maeda. I mean, with the Rockies away from Coors Field and with a, I guess you could say, a less than stellar pitcher on the mound here. But I'm mostly looking towards uh, hitters in this case. So uh, probably, uh, especially those right-handers. So um, looking uh, potentially to to Josh Turner, I think he's an option. I know he led off... uh, earlier in the week here but at 2700 i think you got to give him a shot um i know trace thompson's price has climbed up quite a bit but at 3700 it might be a little bit tough to hit value so maybe look for uh some of those right handers i mean if ellis gets to start behind the plate you have a punt option at catcher um so yeah i'm, I'm looking mostly towards dodger dodger bats they're about due to win a game and i think the matchup pitching matchup at least falls right in line for them to uh, have a chance at that this evening and uh vegas agrees Possibly biggest favorites on the slate, Dodgers minus 201. Which makes sense. Chris Russin is is bad. Um, but uh, I agree with you in the analysis. One thing I will say just, uh, you know, with with Colorado, and even though they're on the road and, and even though he costs $4,000, 
Carlos Gonzalez is so white hot right now that if there's a righty on the mound and if you can fit him in, I think he still might be worth it. You know, yeah, he could shell shock Maeda for sure. And I, he's I mean, one of those guys. Four thousand or under, roll with it. Yeah, especially he's one of those guys where he did it last year, and and again, you know, streaks are somewhat fluky and all that. There's not necessarily statistics to to back this up. This is somewhat anecdotal, but he seems like one of those guys who gets locked in and just goes on these monster runs. He did it last year. He did it the last time he was really good before last year, which was a couple years before that. So um, interesting name there for, for, you know, if you're going to go for a higher price guy. All right, let's round it out. Last game of the night, 10-15, also the best pitching matchup of the night as we've got David Price and his Red Sox heading in to take on Matty Bumgartner, a uh, uh, potential home run derby participant, but that's a separate story. What do you think about this one, Jake? Yeah, you know, you're probably going to want to fade hitters in this one. I think that's a safe uh, safe assessment. I mean, over under six and a half on the day, so there's uh, not expected to be a lot of runs scored here. Uh, and I could never really argue with anybody who wanted to use Bumgarner in a cash game. Now, you really do have to pay up for it. 11400 you're going to want to stay. You're going to have to stay up late and, and catch that uh, all the way on the West Coast. But, uh, no, I, I do like Bumgarner in, in this matchup a little bit, despite the fact that he's facing the Red Sox and they're really tough. When it's so close like this and you're expected to have a tight game, I will take the home team in this one, the home pitcher. Uh, even though Price has been better lately, he's strung together a few quality starts, uh, I'll take uh, Baumgartner's season-to-date performance, and I'll take the Giants at minus 119 favorites. Yeah, and you mentioned at home, like, just to add in there, not only is Baumgartner terrific, but he has been just unhittable at home. 196 average allowed, 242 Woba allowed at home. He has just been... You know, Turan, his skill set really plays well in that park. But on top of that, he's just a great pitcher. So um, I'm with you. And even against this Boston lineup, which can can really ring it up, as it were. Uh, obviously, I, I think I think Bumgartner is just a, a, a start in cash games pretty much every time out there right now, if, especially if he's pitching at home. So, uh, Jake, that's going to do it, man. This was a lot of fun. I appreciate having him for Benny. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, we might have to do some more in the future, depending on the schedule plays out. I will always be happy to do so. It has been a pleasure, James. Beautiful. Well, I am already looking forward to the next time we do one together, Jay, because this was a lot of fun. And, and again, we will be back tomorrow. I will be back uh, with another co-host. But again, every single day we are here for you. It's the Rotowire DFS podcast again for Wednesday, June 8th. One more time. Thank you to my co-host, Jake Letarski. Uh, I am James Seltzer. Good luck. Go out. Win some money. They're going to kill the love of my life. Casey! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain, for love. Collide. In theaters Friday. Rated PG-13. May be inappropriate for children under 13. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. 
That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.